It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Damning the dams again, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the Snake River. Four o'clock, the director of environmental policy for the Washington Policy Center, Todd Myers, will join us to talk about the latest study that's been released. The FBI is identifying a new group as a potential domestic terror threat. But it isn't who you think. And the State Department of Ecology has great news for the environmentally conscious, but bad news for your wallet. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Welcome into the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. 547-1610 if you would like to get involved in the program. Rob and Ed hanging with you. You can also get us via email, 610k18.com, bottom line page, what you would like to say, what your name is, where you're listening. Also on Twitter, at bottom line 610. And that's kind of where we're going to begin with our poll question, because last night, uh, definitely a different tone than the first night of the debates on CNN. Uh, last night, you saw a bit more of a Donnybrook than the first night. You had some disagreements on the first night as far as policy and so on and so forth. But last night, you definitely saw attacks uh, on candidates. And the big battle, of course, uh, Joe Biden got his fair share of attacks. Kamala Harris got her fair share of attacks. And our question for you is, who saw the biggest gain? Out of last night's debate, there were a couple of people that stood out. Um, Hawaii Rep. Tulsi Gabbard made a pretty, pretty big-sized impression in going after Kamala Harris's record as prosecutor when she was Attorney General for the state of California. Uh, Andrew Yang kind of stayed out of the fray, but he made some points that seemed to impress. Um, Outside of them, I don't think the front runners gained anything. I certainly don't think Jay Inslee gained anything last night. Um, in fact, what I thought was one of the more interesting moments of the evening was when there was a big discussion going on about uh, the prison systems and the correlation to education, and they turned to Jay Inslee and wanted his thoughts on it, he sidestepped that baby like nobody's business because we all know what's happened with the DOC under his watch. So he didn't even come close to touching that question. Um, Not that anybody was prepared to attack his record on it because they just kind of see him as taking up space on the stage. But when you look at the heavy hitters, I think both of them took some pretty big hits last night, and you saw a couple of weaknesses exposed. Joe Biden looked terrible last night. Joe Biden looked terrible. He just stumbled through answers. He tried to defend uh, some of the things that he has done when he was a senator and also Obamacare. But Joe Biden more and more 
I think, is raising questions even among the Obama faithful about whether or not he is a suitable candidate to be the nominee. Lots to unpack uh, from last night and the night before. Last night, you got kind of what you expected, I think, anyway. Keep in mind that for a chunk of these folks, this is going to be the last time that they appear on the debate stage, that they're going to have the, the national audience to get their points across. And you saw the front runner Joe Biden, being attacked left and right. You have to. If you're, if you're chasing Joe Biden, whether you're close, Bernie Sanders and the others, or you're way far off the mark, as far as polling goes, you go after the front runner. Uh, Kamala Harris also was, I I guess, attacked or went after too because she had such a strong uh, first debate and she was gaining a little bit of, uh, of backing. So you saw those, but everyone was going after Joe because he's the front runner as they should. They, they can't ignore him. If they think they're going to make any kind of moves, they have to go after Joe Biden. As far as Jay Inslee goes, look, if you if you watched any of it, you saw that he had maybe one or two good moments. Okay, and you know I'm trying to I'm trying to be open minded about it. Um, He had a couple of good moments, but nowhere near what he needed to. He needed to he needed to be the one that everyone was talking about today. He's not even being mentioned in most of the analysis. Uh, so you got it. You, the way you gain traction in the polling is if people are talking about you. And nobody talked at all. You know, I saw a couple of news clips, sound bites from the, from, you know, from the coverage. Some people were showing the, the, his exchange with Joe Biden, but most weren't really talking at all about him. And what's interesting, too, is uh, we've brought this group up before, uh, 538.com. They're a statistics organization. They do a lot of uh, statistic gathering or statistics gathering uh, and polling and all that stuff for a lot of things, but mostly politics. Let me let me throw a couple of things at you. okay? Uh, as far as both last night and the night before, so round two of the debates, the the two people uh, that are being considered the top front runner, certainly Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, spoke the most over the two nights. Joe Biden said over 3,800 words. Yeah, there's people out there that were counting everybody's words. Kamala Harris was second with about 3,200 words. Elizabeth Warren, third. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, fourth. Bernie Sanders, fifth. Jay Inslee was uh, fifth from the bottom. So Jay Inslee had less than half of Joe Biden's words on night number two. Okay, so he's speaking half the amount of time as the front runner. That's not good. 
going to another key indicator, at least in the world we live in today, and that is Twitter followers, okay? And they uh, what uh, 538 did was they looked at how many Twitter followers each candidate had prior to the debate, whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday, and how many they had afterwards, and that's the net, the net gain. Uh, two candidates really got a huge boost in the number of their Twitter followers. Right. Yang and Gabbard. The problem is both of them had about half a million coming into, uh, into the debates. So their overall Twitter followers are still way behind uh, everybody else. But both of them saw a nice bump. So you might see a little bit of a bump for both of those candidates when the polls start coming out. Jay Inslee is smack dab in the middle. He got 5,300 new Twitter followers. And you might be thinking, oh, that's that's not bad. You know, 53. He got he got more Twitter, more new Twitter followers than Cory Booker, Joe Biden, uh, Gillibrand and, and some of the other heavy hitters. The problem is coming into the debates, he had the fourth lowest amount of Twitter followers out there. Only Delaney, Bennett, and Ryan had fewer Twitter followers than Jay Inslee coming into the debates. So again, he needed to be he needed to be the he needed to get a home run or at least be one of the 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 candidates that people were talking about today the day after and he's not at all at all one other note before i hand it back over cuz you know me i love stats oh yeah um actually two quick stats stats are good stats are you know stats can be spun in different ways they can you know but stats themselves are facts they are facts what you do with those facts is up to you you mentioned the targets well Trump is always a target, right, by the Dems. Do you know who mentioned Trump by name the most? Jay Inslee. No, Elizabeth Warren. Ah. Twelve different times. Do you know who mentioned Trump the least? Only three times? Go back to your first answer. Jay Inslee. Jay Inslee. Mm. Jay Inslee did, uh, went after Trump by name only three times. Dead last. And here's and here's kind of the bow on the package for Jay Inslee and why it was a bad night for him. One, nobody's talking about him today. Two, he didn't gain a huge amount of Twitter followers, uh, you know, that, to make any significant stance. He, three, he had half of the words spoken as Joe Biden, the front runner. So people heard him half as much right. as Joe Biden. And the debate viewership dropped off significantly. The first debate versus the second debate. 
So there are fewer people. When the first Democratic debate in June, there was a lot of viewers. Now, after last night and the night before, half the viewers tuned in for the second round as they did the first round with all 20 candidates. Right. Two nights combined. So he spoke less. Not that many new Twitter followers. Nobody's talking about him. And fewer people tuned in last night to see what he had to say. All of those equate to wah, 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 wah. Yeah, you're not making it to round three. Um, what I think is interesting, and we'll jump into that. We're going to take a quick time out. Um, but when we come back, the the interesting thing about the drop in viewership, I think, says volumes. And there's two things that are worth pointing out that have come from other sources, one of which happens to be a sitting Democratic senator who made an interesting comment on the heels of the two-night debate. We'll discuss that as well when we come back. Your calls, 547-1610. Bottom line, News Radio, 610-KONA. Back after this. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line on News Radio 610-KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. You can email us too by going to the website six ten kona dot com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or comment. So on the heels of last night's Democratic debate, night two on CNN, less viewers, uh, less. I think. There was definitely less information that the viewers got because most of what you saw were were were, were the focus were on was on two people, Biden and Harris, and trying to do what they can to poke holes and advance other candidates in particular. It's the format. Yeah. Again, for the second round, you had 10 people on stage at a time for two nights in a row. And I get that what the Democrats are trying to do is be all inclusive and put their arms around everybody and say how wonderful it is. But it's it's not helping, I don't think, anybody figure out on the Democratic side who they want to vote for out of, you know, these these candidates. Well, and it, because, look, we, the, the viewership was cut in half. Yeah. Round one, there was interest. It's like, OK. Let's hear what people have to say. Round two, it's like, oh, my God, I don't have to sit through this again. Yeah, the, the, Ten the, people, two nights in a row, you lost me. Half the people. The level of interest was definitely gone in this second round. And so the third round, we'll see how many people qualify. But right now, well, it's, they only do eight. Something. it's only eight that have qualified so far With uh, from the last time I saw Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar is close to qualifying, so she would be the ninth person. Okay, so what? So they have one night of ten people on the stage? Apparently. Or, or two fives or something? You know, look, they, they're, let, me, let me be clear. There is no hurry at this point. They don't need to hurry and make a decision, but they do need to, they need to do something. Two nights of ten people each well, is way, way too much the, for people to take in. The one thing that I thought was the most interesting is why are you doing these now? 
I mean, you're, you're talking about a year in advance. I, I get trying to weed the field down, but if you're really treating these candidates seriously, you're not doing this in July of 2019. I mean, it just is is so far out that how many people, and, and maybe the viewership is is kind of dictating this, how many people are really that interested in July 2019 in 24 people vying for a nomination? I want to see the polling, and it'll come out probably maybe tomorrow, over the weekend, first part of next week, post-debates, po- you know, after this round of debates. If Joe Biden still has a solid lead, then the DNC has got to do something. Because the DNC needs to either start convincing people to get out of the race or make it happen organically by only having four, five, six people on a stage and calling that the debate of the front runners. Something. 547-1610-509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. We should probably let people uh, be aware of a... Uh, traffic situation on 240, Rob. Yeah, there was a police incident on 240 uh, not too long ago, within the last half an hour. And right now, there is a significant backup at this point in time, westbound on 240 uh, in the Edison area. So if you can avoid that area, do so. We are hearing reports that some people are using the turnarounds uh, that are in the, the that separate the eastbound and westbound lanes. Uh, that's pretty dangerous. So it's also illegal, but and Ill- well, and illegal, but it's it's pretty dangerous. And so, uh, if you could avoid heading in that direction, do so. If you have to get into Richland, uh, try another avenue. And if you are in westbound two forty right now, uh, try to refrain from using the turnaround because the potential of causing an accident going in the eastbound direction is pretty significant coming off of there. It's very difficult to gauge. Uh, the flow of traffic when you're at a standstill and cars are doing 60-plus miles an hour. So try to avoid using the turnaround if you can. But um, And we'll also bring you the, the news about the incident. Yes. We don't have enough information to pass along anything just yet. Uh, but just know that there's a, uh, a significant police presence on 240 near Edison, and that is causing a major, major backup. Um, and so people just need to be weary of that. And, and we do have a reporter on scene. And we'll get uh, you know that information out to you as soon as we can. That we will. So, um, but one of the things I want to mention real quick before we go to break, and that is that Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Okay, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Joe Manchin says or does, but I will give Joe Manchin credit for this. Joe Manchin was at one time there was a strong belief that he was going to switch parties and become a Republican. He said, I'm not a Republican. I am an old school Democrat. Mm-hmm. And these are my values, and this is what I believe in. And even though I may not agree with everything my party's doing, I'm not changing my party. Manchin came out today on the heels of the two debates and said this, quote, The bottom line is we've got to move forward to bring the country together, and no one's trying to do that. If that is not a shot at the 20 people over the last two nights, I don't know what is. And people are going to dismiss it because, oh, it's just Joe Manchin. He's... He's, he's not really a Democrat. He's more of a Republican. That's what people are going to say. Absolutely. And I tell you what, the Dems need to listen to people like that because there are a lot more Joe Manchins out there than there are 
AOCs and the like. Absolutely. More of the bottom line, News Radio 610-K1A, when we come back. And by the way, apparently Russia's got a new favorite candidate. We'll tell you who that is when we come back. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A 547-1610 if you'd like to get involved in the program. If you're thinking about getting involved in the real estate market, well, I'll tell you what, there's only one person to call, and that's Jennifer Mons with Windermere Real Estate. If you think now is the time to buy or you're really, really looking to sell, visit Jen's website, Jennifer Mons, M-O-N-D-S dot com. Take a look at what she's got available if you're looking to buy. If you're looking to sell, send her an email. Because Jennifer's big goal is to exceed your expectations. You can ask her exactly how she's going to do that. And believe me, not only will she blow you away with her knowledge in the real estate world, but she'll give you some tips on making the moving process as easy as possible as well. If you want someone who's going to be able to help you in every aspect of buying, selling, moving, and making one of the most important decisions of your life, one of the most comfortable, Jennifer Mons, Windermere Real Estate. Visit her website, jennifermonds.com. Going to go right to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. This is Chris from Richmond. Hi, Chris. What's up? Hey, Thanks for the segue, Rob, and the good setup. It's a topic I exactly think I wanted to make a mention about. It's amazing what great days and times we live in. Every morning I wake up, the media's got a new bizarre perspective on the reality of life. And now Gillibrand is an agent of Putin trying to help Donald Trump win the election. Um, where is the imagination going to end, fellas? Well, it's interesting, Chris, and thanks for the call, because she's not the only one. The one that they're really talking about as being the the new darling of Russia is the one who threw haymaker after haymaker at Senator Kamala Harris last night. And that is Tulsi Gabbard from Hawaii. Yeah. Now, this is one thing that I find interesting. And tell me if anybody else has noticed this. The far left, who is so wrapped up in Donald Trump and connections with Russia, is now using Russia as an excuse for anything they don't like in their own party. For example, what is one of the hottest trends on Twitter today? Hashtag Kamala Harris destroyed. They're blaming Russian bots for making that trend on Twitter. Russian bots. It's the Russians' fault that that's trending. And they're going after Tulsi Gabbard and saying that, well, Russia has a new favorite candidate in the Democratic race. It's Tulsi Gabbard. Why? Well, what does that have in common with the hashtag? She went after Kamala Harris, who to me is the person that those in the left end of the media would like to see win the nomination. DNC may be a different thing. But there's no question to me that Kamala Harris has been the darling of most of your media outlets ever since she announced that she's entering the race. So anything that's got to do with a negative against Kamala Harris, well, it's Russia's fault, obviously. Well, a couple of things. One, the media likes the next big thing, and they think that Kamala Harris is the next big thing. Uh, Joe Biden is yesterday's news to a lot of Democrats. And Kamala Harris represents the next generation of 
Democratic presidential candidates. As far as the Russia thing goes, it's 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 funny. If you really think about it from a historical standpoint, Russia slash the Soviet Union has always been the boogeyman. Always. It, it, you know, obviously during the Cold War and, and all this stuff, but even today. And part of... Part of what you're seeing, I think, Rob, is, I think, playing off of the Mueller report and and all the the different documentations and and quotes and different players involved in that that say that Russia is still, to this day, trying to influence the elections, that statement is, is resonating and the DNC is picking up on it. So, yeah, you're going to hear a lot about Russia and Russians, Russia's influence, even though uh, there, there was no indictment of the president associated with the Mueller report. The DNC is still going to use Russia as the boogeyman. I'm not saying sure. that they're not the boogeyman. I'm just saying that I find it interesting that for how long now has have we in this country considered Russia slash the Soviet Union as the boogeyman? We might want to turn our attention to China, but that's another story for another day. 547-1610-509-547-1610. If you'd like to email the program, you can do so by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or comment. Russia became the boogeyman the first time Putin rose to power, and they've been the boogeyman ever since. So all that perestroika we enjoyed with Gorbachev and and those that followed up to Putin— has all been thrown by the wayside. So they became the boogeyman again when a former KGB guy took over and became the president of the country. So that's been what? He's been in power for off and on for 15 years, roughly? Who, Putin? Putin. Well, not off and on. He's been, yeah. He's... No, but he lost one election, I, oh, I think, and then he, he became yeah, president again. Yeah, he's, but, yeah. But that interim thing really didn't do anything Man. to change. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610K. When A, your name, where are you calling from? Sparky's hitting his head against the wall again, guys. Stop doing that, man. You're going to put a permanent flat spot there. <laughs> you know, I, I swear, some of these people, they, they either do it intentionally or they're either going to cause a race war or they're going to cause a war with us with Russia. I just They just won't get off this stuff, you know? Anyway... Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch neither, neither one of them because I uh, the debates because I knew what was going to happen and I, I saw a little bits of it. But uh, it just like Trump said, all they do is talk and they don't do anything. And at least he's trying to get something done. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for the call, Sparky. And 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 here's the thing: I understand where the frustration comes in because what you're hearing, you're and this is coming. A lot more from the the outside, from the peripheries, than it is from the inside, and that is a tremendous lack of logic. There is no common sense when it comes to most of what you're seeing on social media in regards to these accusations and so on and so forth. I mean, last night, okay, and just to take for example, okay, last night on the stage, Jay Inslee's one head turning moment was when he called President Trump a white nationalist. Yeah. Okay. That was his one head turning moment. Is he a white nationalist? There's nothing to back that up at all. There is no proof that the man is a white nationalist. There is no proof that the man is racist. Everything that has come to those two comments 
are things that people have read into different things without actually having any proof one way or the other. Inslee was half right. He is white. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, guys. It's Joe. I'm down in Pendleton. What's going on, Joe? You know, you're. I didn't watch those either because I can't stand um, – I, I don't see the purpose of having 20 people debate, just like you said earlier, this this early. Get four or five people. I might watch a debate to see which one of them actually has a brain working for them. But you're right. This thing about – your previous caller was right about they're either going to start a race war or they're going to start some other divisive action in this country – these people aren't putting us back together. They're ripping this country apart. And at least Trump is trying to put it back together in some fashion. Thanks for the call, Joe. But the goal with the division is, again, you keep people distracted. The more you keep people fighting, the more you can dominate the masses. When you have them split in factions, they're easier to control. The other aspect of it, too, is the reason why they're putting 10 people on a stage is so they can put their favorites in a better position. The more people you have up there, and all you have to do is look at the amount of time the 20 candidates had to speak, and you can tell who the favorite children are and who the favorite children are not. When you see Elizabeth Warren getting 18 minutes of time and John Hickenlooper, who was a governor, who was a moderate governor for the most part, in the state of Colorado gets eight minutes that tells you where things are being are, are, are being directed. And I'll tell you this, if you go back and you look at the MSNBC debates and you look at the amount of time, you're going to see almost exactly the same. So by putting 10 people up on a stage, they get the opportunity to put their favorites in a positive, positive light, give them as much speaking time as possible, and they winnow the field, not the voter. 547 one six ten. If you'd like to join the conversation, uh, you can also email us. Don't forget about that. You can go to our website six ten k o n a and do that. One of the other things I thought was real interesting out of last night, and, and look, Joe Biden is has the biggest target on him than anybody for a number of different reasons. He's the front runner. Well, not only the front runner, but last night really showed that Joe Biden is absolutely one hundred percent done. I mean, done. If, done. If you can't, he's the front runner. If he you, has been even before he's here's, started here's, announcing. Here's he was what I run. here's what I mean by done. If you can't get through an answer without flummoxing and flubbing and stopping without being told to stop, how in God's name are you going to run the country without taking three naps a day? I'll tell you in a minute. Let's go to the phones first. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Jackson Foster. What's on your mind? Um, on the Putin thing, he served two terms, and then he had to be out for one per their rules, so he was the prime minister, so he quote-unquote wasn't the president. Gotcha. And then he That's got right. in again. But on the Democrat Party, it seems like all the people in, they're trying to do all these debates now, I think, to get any heavy-hitting dirty laundry out of the way before it gets into any of the major political season. Interesting thought. Hmm. Interesting Could thought. Be. Could very well be. But you know that laundry's going to come back again once the heavy hitters are left. Right. Because Trump will bring it back. <laughs> well, not only will he bring it back, but let's be honest. If it comes down to Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, and Elizabeth Warren, Warren's not going to be below bringing up her record as, as Attorney General. That's right. They're not going to play nice when it comes down to, because you saw how it deteriorated between Kasich, Cruz, and, and Trump at the end. 
I w- let me go back and and uh, touch on your your point about Biden. And I, I don't fault you for this, Rob, because you you look at things differently than most Democratic voters do. Most Democratic voters would never say, you know, that Joe stumbled and bumbled and and he's going to need a nap and and all this stuff. Remember, a lot of Democratic voters vote with their heart for better or for worse. They vote on feelings. And right before he even officially announced, he was the front runner. Why? Because a majority of the Democratic voting base still like Joe Biden as a guy until someone either overtakes him or something really, really bad comes out that you cannot deny that he is no longer a good guy, then I think it's his nomination to lose. No matter what his take is on different policies and and tactics and world affairs, domestic affairs, that's what it comes down to. Now, I'm not it's not to say that Democratic voters don't care about the the record and, and positions, but they tend to vote more with their heart where Republicans don't. I mean, they, they are more about the just the facts, ma'am, kind of a thing. Right. So I'm not getting on your case. I'm just saying that no, I, 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 I but you. that's why you know, even a stumbling, bumbling Joe Biden is still probably going to be the front runner when the next polls come out. I, I mean, I said the same stuff about Lindsey Graham two years ago, that when everything, when every answer starts with the word ISIS, you really shouldn't be here. So it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't matter to me what party you're in. It matters to me what the impression you're giving me is somebody who wants to lead the country. And right now, Grandpa Joe is giving me the impression that he needs three naps a day in order to put a coherent sentence together. And that's not what I want in the White House. Fair enough. But Democratic voters like Joe Biden, just like a lot of Democratic voters and even some moderate voters, got swept up in the idea of Obama becoming president when he did. It's all related. 547-1610. 509-547-1610. More of the bottom line here on News Radio 610 KONA after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610KONA.com. Back to the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A547-1610. You want to get involved? Got an email from Jim listening to Washington and said, I didn't watch the debate for two reasons. First and foremost is I don't vote in primaries, period. And what is said in the primaries on both sides has no real bearing on what they'll say during the general. Second, and I felt the same in 2016, a debate involving more than three or four people is a waste because no real answers were come out simply due to the time factor. And I definitely agree with the last part of it. However, yeah. I'll vote in primaries because it is still your voice in whittling down the field. And if there is a particular candidate that you like or a particular candidate that strikes a note with you and you don't vote for them in the primary, believe it or not, it can matter. So Absolutely. I'll vote in the pri- I vote in the primaries as well as the general election. It's my right, and I exercise it every time I can. Appreciate the email, Absolutely, Jim. Jim always appreciate your email. Um, you know, I want to remind you of our poll question. 
who saw the biggest gain at last night's Democratic debate? We have a couple options for you. I want to give you the results of our poll question from yesterday. In light of the new requirements for the third debate and staffers not being paid in June, will tonight's debate be the curtain call, or I should say last night's debate, be the curtain call on Governor Jay Inslee's presidential aspiration? 69% of our respondents believe that to be the case, that last night was going to be it for him. And he didn't do anything to discourage that thought in any way, shape, or form. Um You know, Jay Inslee stuck to his main topic, and I'm sure he got many Twitter followers from people who are very big on climate change. But uh, outside of that, Jay Inslee wasn't big on anything. Nobody's talking about him. Nope. That's that's the big thing. And, you know, say what you will about the mainstream media. You can you can win or lose by them. You know, if he had made an actual splash then at least some of the pundits would be talking about him today. Nobody is. Nobody's talking about him. And like I said earlier, a few of them are showing the one clip where he went after Joe Biden. Uh, You know, a few places tweeted when he called Trump a white nationalist. Uh, But that was it. That was it. And so, look, when the polls come out, Biden will still be in the lead. Maybe his lead shrinks a tiny bit. Kamala Harris will probably be up there. Uh, maybe, but but it's it's starting to, it's starting to look like a four person race. Biden, Bernie, Kamala Harris, and Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Those four are starting to distance themselves from the rest of the field. Now, there's still time for a fifth person to maybe jump in there, uh, but they'd have some serious ground to, to, to make up. And I, I, I think it's very interesting that there are even some amongst the um, liberal elite who are pushing for yet more candidates to get involved. Well, again, it's this whole inclusive thing, and I have no problem being inclusive to a point. Personally, I, I'm fine with anybody. But it, it's like, it's almost like the Democratic Party is taking every single thing and ratcheting it up so far, you know, like it's like inclusivity on steroids or it's climate change or, or you know, it used to be called environmentalism yeah. on steroids. And everything is to the extreme and to the max where some moderate voters and moderate candidates in the past would have no problem talking about, uh, you know, environmental issues or things like that. Nope. We got to go full bore to where one presidential candidate is only going to talk about that one issue. I want to throw this out real quick. The lowest GOP debate. In 2015, got 22.8 million dollar million viewers. The highest Democratic debate got 17.2. Okay, what does that tell me? That tells me the same thing as to why Air America failed, because nobody wants to hear 20 people talk about the same thing about how they're going to take your money and give it to other people, and talk about things that are going to threaten the American way of life. So once again, the proof is in the pudding. 
when you look at the numbers, comparing the two sets of debates that weren't all that dissimilar with the amount of people. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to talk with the uh, environmental director for the Washington Policy Center, Todd Myers, on the latest cockamamie dam study that came out.